You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews at jaysfromthecouch.com. And this is Fan Saturday here on Locked On Blue Jays. Um, apologies. I I just, I didn't have it Friday night. I was going to do it after the game. I just couldn't, couldn't get, uh, couldn't get the energy up to do it. So we're doing it now. We have plenty of your responses to the question that I asked yesterday, um, but I did want to talk briefly about yesterday's game. It's the reason why I held off doing it immediately. So, yeah, the Blue Jays won again, really mucking up that draft spot just with this hot streak, but hey, I'm going to freaking take it. Um. Yeah, 7-3 victory over Seattle. Jacob Wackesback overcame a rough second inning to post another solid start for someone who the Fangrass metrics really don't like. Um, he's doing very well. And I think most Blue Jays fans will take that. He allowed five hits over five in the third innings. Just the one walk, struck out five. That's great. <laughs> that's, that's like a million Edwin Jacksons. So I think fans are going to take that but obviously the bigger story from last night was the sheer power on display by the Blue Jays Derek Fisher going going yard off the lefty way the Blanc just just verifying what everyone's saying about that power and you know kind maybe starting to justify things in that trade. If if he can keep doing that, if he can consistently raise himself up like that, I mean, he has a very good chance to be someone who actually is a part of that outfield picture for the Blue Jays. He's, I mean, he, he's still not hitting for average, obviously, um, still hitting 176 as a Blue Jay, but you know the home runs are nice. They're they're a big pick me up. If he can just start getting on base with a little more regularity, I think that will go a long way to helping Blue Jays fans get more comfortable with uh with Fisher in the outfield. And, you know, again, obviously not the only one. Grichuk went yard again. He's been on a massive tear, which we're not surprised about. This is what Randall Grichuk does. He's like the, he's like the bizarro Adam LaRoche in that he doesn't do well in the spring, but when the summer comes, he just heats up. He's a Texas boy. He likes that heat. So he, gets stronger as the season goes on and you're seeing that now Danny Jansen hit another home run that makes 12 for him he's another guy who's been heating up you're seeing a lot of this the Blue Jays all of a sudden having success as guys start to get hot and start to hit 
a little more. That's that's exactly what fans wanted to see. But obviously, the biggest story from last night was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just stunting like his daddy, essentially taking a Wade LeBlanc curveball that I was certain was going to hit him in the shin and just like taking out the nine iron and just popping it over the left field fence it, into a guy's hat who then proceeded to chug a beer in true Canadian fashion. So good on you, bud. Well done. It was it was impressive, but obviously not as impressive as that swing. You you hear stories and myths about uh, Vladdy Senior's ability to basically hit anything. He could hit cricket pitches out of, out into the outfield if he wanted to. If he felt like swing swinging at a pitch, he was gonna swing at that pitch. Obviously, Vladdy Junior has his daddy's batting eye, and like. That's probably one of the things that make Vladdy such a dangerous hitter and and made him the number one prospect. Just the ability to dig whatever pitch he wants and do things with it. Like, there are so many batters in the major league who, yeah, you make a mistake pitch to them, leave leave something out over the plate, yeah, they're going to hit it and they're going to hit it far. With Vlad Jr., you can make a mistake, like, two feet below the zone. And he's still going to make you pay for it. And that is so unsettling for pitchers, knowing that whatever you do, you have to be on. You have to make your pitches. Otherwise, it will just blow up in that way. And and there's nothing you can do about it. That is what makes a lineup very dangerous. And Vladdy already getting comfortable enough to take that 2-2 pitch at his ankles and and golf that sucker should be very worrying for the American League. Because if he's already starting to find those pitches, you better believe he's going to start finding the other ones that are actually in the zone that he can do damage with. So, again, biggest thing from last night... Uh, everyone got a hit on the Blue Jays except for Bo Bichette, who saw his on-base streak end at 17 games, which, I mean, I'm sure he's fine with it considering Toronto got the win. That's the main thing, right? So, besides, uh, he can just start a new one and hopefully get it back up to the point where we can start talking about it again and very be very happy. So, Um, We're going to talk more about the Seattle series on Monday when the Blue Jays have an off day and we can just go full board and just enjoy what they're probably going to end up doing to a Seattle team that's now going to be using a guy who's pitched six total innings and Major League Baseball level as an opener. So we I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there's going to be more to discuss there. So we will do that on Monday. Um, We are going to discuss the Fan Friday topic after this break. But just a reminder, football's coming back. And with football coming back, fantasy football comes with it. So just so you know where to go to get your fantasy football tips so you can beat 
your auto-drafting brother who just brags about having you two pick all his players and will not be happy when he ends up with Melvin Gordon and a half the roster that'll be injured. And he's like, no, I meant to do that. Stevie, you didn't, you did not mean to do that. We know you didn't mean to do that. Freaking pick your team. Anyway, if you don't want to be a Stevie, then you should listen to Locked On Fantasy Football, where you got Vinny Iyer, who's been 20 years covering fantasy football. He's going to give you the edge you need to put you ahead of everyone else, because everyone else is like listening to Yahoo and and just getting the same picks over and over, ESPN, whatever. Vinny will give you the edge that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long, so you can win your own switch, like I did last year. So. Listen to Locked On Fantasy Football on your favorite podcast provider and get the edge you need. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. So yesterday for the Fan Friday, I asked what you thought, given we've had these younger players coming in, I asked what Blue Jays fans thought the 2020 rotation was going to look like. And it was actually very interesting. It was it was a varied number of responses. And I just want to start going through them right quickly. And we'll start with the first person in. That's Jen at Blue Jays underscore Stro. Jen's ro- rotation next year. Baruchy. Pearson, likely in May, a free agent signing like Wheeler or Porcello or Wood. So that's Zach Wheeler, Rick Porcello. I I messed it up again. It's Porcello. It's not Porcello, like the mushroom. It's Porcello and then Alex Wood. And then give uh, Jacob Waggis back, Sean Reed Foley, Thomas Pannone, and Anthony Kay shots at the fourth or fifth slot. It's interesting to think that Nate Pearson's going to be leaned on so heavily immediately to stabilize this Blue Jays rotation and, and give him some innings. And in that Ryan Barucki is still a key part, um, given the injuries. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful that he comes back and that Nate Pearson can, you know, develop himself as quickly as he can. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Stephanie Teals at Stephanie Teals. After June, she sees a rotation of Pearson, Barucki, insert FA signing here, Matt Shoemaker, and Julian Merriweather, which is very interesting. Now, Shoemaker does have arbitration rights with the Blue Jays, so Toronto can bring him back very easily and and give him another chance, given that, you know, this year was kind of a wash with the ACL, and he pitched so well before that ACL tear. So I I think they're going to bring him back for sure. And, you know, again, give him that opportunity to rebuild his value and, and be that kind of veteran presence that he was this season for the team and still is just the way he's, he's still been with the club brace and all and, and just giving his stuff, to the younger kids. Now, Merriweather is interesting because he's barely pitched since being acquired. He's pitched like one inning 
in Dunedin and gave up a run. So it's really hard to know what the Blue Jays actually have in Julian Merriweather. I'm not sure they would want to stick him up immediately with the team. I think it's more likely that he would start in Buffalo, if that, since he did make it up to AAA in the Cleveland system. So I'm not sure that he would be a, a good option, Stephanie. Just I, I think that there are more major league ready options that the Blue Jays would look to. But I, I do I do think Julia Merriweather has a shot at being an impact pitcher for the Blue Jays. And I know friend of the show, Matt Hall, will agree with you there. Speaking of which, Matt Hall is next at Hallamaniac07. He goes Shoemaker, Pearson, Lance Lynn, Trent Thornton, and TJ Zyke with Sean Reed Foley as the first guy in line and Jacob Wagesback as the long man. Lance Lynn would be a very interesting signing. He's having a great season with Texas. I think it's a matter of if the Blue Jays want to give Lynn a lot of money considering he has this almost all-star caliber campaign. And, and feel that Lynn will be around long enough to be an impact guy. I'm not sure Lance Lynn's going to be looking for a one-year deal. I think he wants something that's a little longer, given that he shuffled around so much from Minnesota to New York to Texas. So that'll that'll be an interesting conversation to have there. The faith in Thornton is nice. If he can keep having nights like he did against New York, that'd be great. Um, Zoik is the one who I think has a real shot of being up with this club next year, just given what he's showing in Buffalo, um, given the work he's put in again, another college pitcher who's had, had the opportunity to do that. I think the Blue Jays give him a shot to be that rotation guy next year. And if he falters, then maybe they start looking at him as a back end bullpen option. So I, I think that's a smart way to do it. Um, Mike Burke at Mike S. Burke. He's going big. Garrett Cole. Trade for Matt Boyd. Pearson Wagaspak Thornton. Cole obviously is the the dream for the Blue Jays fans, given he's the best pitcher to hit the free agent market. I'm not I'm not sure Toronto would be able to land him unless they gave him like a four or five year deal, which I'm not sure this front office really wants to do with pitchers, but you know, a guy like Cole who has world series experience, who's been a winner, who's learned in that Houston system that they seem to love. If the blue Jays do want to splash the cash on someone, this free agency. And I mean, if you do great, I'm not sure the team's going to be ready. Cole would obviously be the guy. I'm not sure what a trade with Detroit would look like. It would probably be one of their middle infield guys, maybe a Kevin Smith. And then um, another one of their pitchers, obviously, given the framework of, say, the David Price deal, this would be a lot more expensive since Price was a pending free agent and Matt Boyd has like three more years of control. So they would have to put together at least a three prospect package deal and it would be have it would have to be higher up. Now, they can deal from a position of strength with their catching. They could throw Alejandro Kirk in that deal. Again, Kevin Smith, and then a pitcher or two, maybe, um, depending on how they feel about some of the guys on their 40-man. Maybe Yancy Diaz gets involved in that. But it, it would have to be a fair amount to get a guy like Matt Boyd onto this team. 
be interested though bringing bringing him back considering the last time he pitched uh billy davis jr at billy davis racing went very similar to matt hall barucky pearson shoemaker thornton zoik i think that's that's going to be a popular one uh now, when I when I asked this question, I asked for a rotation to get the Blue Jays essentially to 500. And some people did have a little bit of an issue with that. Mark G at daytime underscore baller thought I was setting the bar low. Doesn't know about free agent pitchers, but the guys that are now on the field with some average pitchers could do better than 500. But the Yankees and Boston are two very tough teams we can, to contend with. Obviously, Mark, you're you're looking at eventually taking those teams down because you're going to have to take one of them down more than likely to assure yourself of getting into the postseason in a solid spot. So I I agree that, you know, this team does have the potential to be well above 500. I just don't think they can do it next year. That's 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 the raw part of it. Um, Curtis at Certus 9 just said uh, he just really, really hopes Matt Shoemaker can come back and pitch like he was to start the season. Um, something backed up by Dave Rush at Dave Wright on. Said a good pitcher, great guy, and knee injury shouldn't affect next year. It is it is kind of similar to Marcus Stroman's ACL tear that it doesn't really affect his pitching. So it'll just be a matter of how quickly he can bounce back and stay in shape. So. That'll be the thing we're looking for from Matt Shoemaker. Um, rapidly becoming front of the show at the Real Tale 17. They go Barucky, Wagusback, Shoemaker, Smiley, who I'm going to assume is Drew Smiley, who's currently in Philadelphia, and Sean Reed Foley with Pearson coming up in May to replace one of them. Drew Smiley is probably exactly the kind of pitcher that the Blue Jays are looking for next year, similar to Clayton Richard and Clay Buckholz and and Matt Shoemaker. This guy who can come in, just absorb some innings, and essentially be 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 that guy who kind of helps take the pressure off. Um, Smiley's a lefty, so that helps. He had a miserable time in Texas, but the revival in Philadelphia has helped him. So can see what he a guy like him could offer, but I I would hope for a little more little higher up in the pitching hierarchy. So it's Drew, Drew Smiley's interesting. He is probably the guy who's going to come in. But we'll have to see. And just trying to get back up. Here we go. So um, Dave gave his own rotation. And we'll end with it. Uh, He wants to aim for 90 wins, which that would be playoffs, which if they like this lineup could possibly do it. But Dave's rotation consists of Alec Wood coming in via free agency. Carlos Carrasco being traded in from Cleveland, which would be very interesting. I think people are going to want to see how Carrasco responds to the leukemia treatments and how he's going to pitch the rest of the year for Cleveland. They say he's coming back very soon. 
if he comes back all right, could be very interesting. If not, could be a buy low candidate from a Cleveland side that's looking to shape payroll. Uh, Dave has Shoemaker being healthy again, and then the best of Thornton, Reed Foley, Wagaspak, and Barucki for the last two. And the running theme I think we've seen here from a lot of these rotations is the, that the guys that are currently in there seem to be just thought of as young filler and, you know, essentially trialing out. I think Wagaspak is the only one who consistently was named in rotations and everyone's looking for, for Thornton and Reed Foley to prove themselves. I, I actually do give Dave credit. He's the only one who put Barucki down there. I, I think we're going to have to see what Ryan Barucki has in spring training, considering this has essentially been a lost year for him. I don't give him that A slot willy-nilly. I, I want to see him come back. I want to see him have a good spring. And then we can talk about nominally making him the ace of this team. So I do agree with Dave there, but thank you all for submitting those rotations and getting that conversation going. It is the lifeblood of this podcast. Just a reminder, um, there is a contest going on. There is a giveaway. I posted the hat pretty stylish already had a lot of entries so if you want to get in on that make sure you go to that tweet make sure you're subscribed to both locked on jays on twitter and a underscore j underscore andrews on twitter i've seen a few of you already doing it which i greatly appreciate and retweet that tweet if you want to get in on this i'll i'll keep retweeting it you know, from time to time during the week, just to make sure y'all can easily access it because it'll it'll fall down the page pretty quickly. But uh, just make sure you're doing that. Um, subscribe to the podcast on Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Alternatively, just follow Locked On Jays on Twitter, and you'll get the same thing. So. We're going to cut this short now. We're going to try and get this up. Game time for the Blue Jays and Mariners. Game two is about to start. Please, please do something off Reggie McLean. I mean, I I talked about him yesterday. It would look really bad if he threw two shutout innings today. So we'll we'll let you get to that. And for everyone at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at JaysFromTheCouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.